Welcome back to Generation Foundation. I am your guest, Leslie Dowling, along with my son, Nick Dowling. And uh, we're going to go over some of the things that Nick did this past summer and what his uh, what are some of the things he'll be doing going into fall of the senior class of uh, at Wake Forest University. So, Nick, you were busy at Fort Knox, Kentucky in cadet summer training. Yes, I did that this summer. I completed cadet summer training uh, for all ROTC cadets that's required going into your senior year of college. And I completed that. It was good. It was tough at some points, but like anything worthwhile, I think uh, it being tough is just a natural part of it. Uh, but it was good. And then I, that was 35 days. And then I left there and immediately went to West Point. Uh, well, United States Military Academy at West Point in New York. And that is where I completed uh, the Army's Air Assault School, um, which was 10 days in total is how long the school is. Uh, but I was there for two weeks and it was uh, it was tough. That was it was physically, mentally emotionally challenging and that's how it's meant to be but uh it was certainly one of the hardest things i've ever done but i'm just happy i completed and i passed and i graduated so can't what, ask for much more for their for our listeners what is air assault school because not everybody knows what air assault school yeah is. so i mean what the, you have to do the army has a series of different schools that you can go to if you can get the slot for it and they will then train you on a specific uh, area of interest. So for example, air assault school is all about helicopters and how to utilize them uh, for certain operations because our military has a number of different types of helicopters that can be used thus for uh, all different types of situations or have different capabilities depending on which which one it is. So it's learning about all the helicopters. Um, it's and then you're being tested on all this information, both written examinations as well as practical tests in which you need to, you know, rig something up correctly. You need to inspect certain equipment, and uh, it's certainly high stakes because if you fail anything twice, then you'll get dropped from the course. So I think. The attrition rate um, at air assault school across the nation is about 45%. So it's not very high and a lot of people can get dropped for something very simple. So it's a high stress environment and all through it. Uh, I mean, they're physically making you do all these exercises uh, day in and day out for, it could be hours at a time. Like maybe you could explain what is a ruck, a ruck? A ruck march, is, well, a ruck sack is, is a big backpack, essentially, and that's how you carry a lot of your equipment in the military. Um, and so anytime we were in a training environment at Air Assault School, we needed to have our ruck sack with all the necessary equipment. Uh, they're very strict with that. If there's any, at any point that you didn't have a certain piece of equipment and they inspected that you didn't, uh, you would get dropped immediately from the course. Um, so... 
you have to be super detail oriented. That's a big part of the school is teaching you really how to be very detail oriented and forcing you to do so if you want to succeed. Um, and yeah, so I mean, throughout the course, you not only have physical tests or academic tests, but you also have physical tests. You need to do a six mile ruck on day three, and that needs to be done in under an hour 30. And then you need to do a 12 mile ruck march uh, on the final day in under three hours. And so, and there's also a four mile run in there as well that you need to pass. How many um, pounds of weight are you actually? So all the gear and for these ruck marches is essentially you're going out on a course and you're racing for time um, to go as fast as possible with all of your gear. So it's within that rucksack that you hold on your back, uh, like a big backpack, like I said. Um, and all in total, the, the, the packing list wasn't super heavy. It was around 35 pounds without water. Yeah. And without water, that just means like, you know, as I said, uh, when you add additional water, um, then obviously it gets heavier, like in your canteens or in your camelback that you'll strap to the ruck itself. So if you want to add, if you want to bring food, usually people do that as well, like snacks and whatnot. So that's a little bit more weight too, but all in all, it's about 35 pounds. So in order to make it under the time cap, uh, you need to run some of it, um, and so it's just you need to be well conditioned and be fit in order to actually pass the school. Um, and then additionally, on the first day, before you even really enter the school, there's something called day zero. And so you need to pass all the, the tests on day zero. And the tests are you need to pass this obstacle course that they take you through. You need to do a two mile run in under. Um, 18 minutes, I believe. Yeah, two mile run in under 18 minutes. And then you need to do a, <clears throat> you have all your gear and you need to pass the gear inspection to make sure you'll have all the gear and all the right type of gear. So if you can pass all that stuff um, and you don't physically quit or mentally quit and decide to leave the school, then you'll officially enter the school and that's when the 10 days starts. So. And how many, how many cadets started in the class and how many actually graduated? So usually, I mean, I did this school at, at West Point and West Point is a school for cadets that are looking to be officers. So majority of the school was cadets, but there were also a lot of people that were enlisted there uh, partaking in the course as well, because it is an official army school. Um, so all in total, I think we started with 280 and we ended with around um 180 i believe so we wow. lost hmm. yeah around the number i think we lost was around 100 in total it's a lot of people yeah so how has that how has this ex experience both at fort knox and at west point mold and change you about your perspective in life or people or i mean because it was grueling obviously um, what have you gotten out of this summer? Uh, it certainly makes you grateful for the things I think that most people take for granted in the civilian world, including myself for a long period of time. Uh, but I've grown to be a little bit more grateful of those things. Just, 
you know, having time to yourself, being able to use a bathroom by yourself. Uh, uh, I don't know, good food, being able to just walk around and go places on your own fruition. That's doesn't really exist at most military training. Everything is with other people. So you don't have any alone time and you're told when to eat and when not to. So just the freedom to act on your own accordance mm-hmm. is something that you certainly, a very simple thing that most people don't really even think about in the civilian world, but it's, it's not really the same in the military. I mean, when in the military, when you're at a tr- some type of training like that or an army school, where it's meant to be very, uh, it's meant to be very structured. But so there's that element to it. And also it just makes you going through any type of hard circumstance. It makes you more physically tough and willing to endure more and not really get bothered by things that used to seem significant. Uh, so it's just interesting when I hear people complain sometimes about things that I see as being very Hmm. insignificant or, uh, I don't know, uh, superficial, I guess. And, um, were you going through withdrawal, not having your cell phone and what, what was the deal with the cell phone? Yeah. At certain points I could utilize my cell phone. I was really not going through withdrawal. Actually, I enjoyed it very much. I liked the time away from the phone. It was incredibly, it it felt really good. Yeah. It allowed me to focus on the task at hand and not worry about any of the yeah. uh, the fruitless things that the phone brings. Yeah, which is interesting because in this day and age, I mean, when I was your age, we didn't have all these cell phones and the technology and um, would not even, I don't know, grasp the whole ideal of people with their selfies and phones. And sometimes I think people just get too wrapped up and they don't have that. I think it's actually freeing when you set that phone down and you just take a break and walk away from it. But um, so, yeah, it's been a real interesting summer for you. And so what what are your um, what what's going on for your last year of senior year with the Army and with the classes that you're taking? Yeah. So I'll finish out my senior year. Uh, I'm looking forward to it very much so. Uh, I'll do a lot of stuff with ROTC now that I'm a senior and all the seniors in the program are the ones leading it. So they run the program. So it's a lot of responsibility, but it allows you to really do with the program what you want. Um, and you're running it for all the younger cadets as a means of preparing them for this training I did this previous summer. Um, and then from there, well, uh, yeah, I've got a lot of different things with my fraternity that I'll be doing and uh, potentially with the school and whatnot. So, and then in terms of the actual academic work of it all, I'll, I'll take some good classes. I've got some good stuff that's really specific to my major that I'm sure I'll enjoy, uh, environmental science. So it is, uh, it's all good. It will be a lot of work, but I wouldn't expect anything less. So how did you, you were appointed, what, the battalion commander? Yes. And and how did you get that um, position or how would somebody, and what are, what is your role 
as the commander of your battalion for your senior class? Um, well, I got the role by being the one that they deemed necessary in order to fulfill the role and hopefully just be a guiding figure for the program. Um, and then how the military structures its staff positions in which that's what we utilize is, you know, there are various different positions within battalion level staff positions that have specific roles. Um, so the battalion commanders role essentially is to provide the intent for the organization. Uh, so behind, basically provide the end goal and provide uh, the general instructions for people to, for the people in certain positions, then to utilize those general instructions as a means of guiding their actions. Um, so uh, there's that element to it, which is like the, the fundamentals. And then there's also just being the one to kind of oversee everything and make sure things are going in the right direction and people are staying on task as an entire staff. Uh, and then there's, there's just, you know, it's, it certainly is, uh, uh, a, um, a role in which you are in the public public's eye. So it's, uh, you know, bridging connections between different organizations and, trying to bring more awareness to ROTC and what it is and what it stands for. Um, so it's cool. It's a cool role. I kind of have, I get to have my hand in everything um, that, that we oversee. So, yes. That's great. Now, um, if you could just get a, take a snapshot of maybe where you might be um, once you get out there and graduate, what would be from the skills and all that you have studied and what you've learned, what do you see yourself doing? I mean, there's so many um, directions. But what, my plan right, right now, now yeah. is to hopefully go into the military active duty as an officer for at least four years. Uh, right now, at least for those initial three to four years, I'd like to be uh, an infantry officer and uh, be an infantry platoon leader, um, and go through all of that. And then either stay in the military and continue onward or get out and go do something else. But I'll make that decision at that point. Well, thank you, Nick, for taking some time. I mean, the summers, the years are going by and you were sitting here and I can't believe that you're saying you will be a senior in college like that's crazy how fast time flies so you know I'm so proud of you and all that you do and you have a good heart and you're grounded and um and i love the way that you kind of look at the world like just you know go for it you got one life to live and put your best foot forward so Wishing you all the best, and um, I'm looking forward to the next episode of Generation Foundation. And thank you for everybody that is supporting Generation Foundation. Give us a like, follow us, and we'll have more interesting conversation with my son, Nick Dowling. Thank you. All right. Take care. Bye.